0: This podcast is sponsored by Eco Physiotherapy, where their mission is to educate, empower, and rehabilitate you back to health. Without further ado, please enjoy the show. Welcome to our wonderful listeners. So today's episode is going to focus in on what to expect postpartum. I think this is a really important discussion uh, to have. And my guest today is Hannah Ross of Vital Physiotherapy. She's a pelvic floor physiotherapist. And we're going to chat back and forth um, about this topic and what we see and, of course, our personal experience
1: because we both have children. So welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks so much for having me.
0: I, I've been wanting to have this kind of discussion because I'm thinking about new moms. I'm thinking about you know, moms who are maybe expecting, you know, second, third babies. Uh, and I'm also thinking about other healthcare providers or, you know, doulas, other, you know, people that are helping women during the pregnancy postpartum phase. I feel like this is an
1: educational topic for them as well. Um, for sure. An for sure.
0: And an opportunity to learn.
1: Let's do it. Okay. Um, yeah, I just uh, I just had my fourth baby, so this is very near and dear to my heart.
0: Yeah, and so I only have one. So between only. us, only <laughs> one right now, and one is a lot of work. I can't imagine four, but you know what? <laughs> when you're in it, you you just do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's really not that much choice. So you know, I think we we both have obviously personal experience with this, and of course, we work with the prenatal postpartum population. So we, this is something we're seeing every day in our office. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. So I thought maybe where we should start our discussion is like, what's, you know, what happens to our body after we, you know, give birth? Like what, 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 what's going on? Our bodies are, you know, they're changing during pregnancy. We're gaining weight. We're, our skin is stretching, you know, what's sort of happening to our abdominal wall? What's happening to our pelvic
1: floor? Like I thought maybe we would start there. So let's just talk for six hours about anatomy. Is that what you want? <laughs> no, Perfect. no, no. Perfect, <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I, you, you're talking my talk. Okay, so yeah, so let's, let's back up to pregnancy. So uh, what a lot of people envision during pregnancy is basically they think about uh, their belly is growing and that's really all they really conceive of. Um, but there are a massive number of changes that happen um your uterus does grow um of course your uterus is supported by your pelvic floor muscles which are the muscles uh, basically inside your pelvis if you sat on your head you'd be holding your muscles uh they sit at the base of the pelvis and one of their major roles is to hold up all of your organs so as your uterus is growing your, your uh, pelvic floor starts to take on more and more load and it has to just hopefully it's strong enough and it's slowly taking on a heavier and heavier load throughout pregnancy. Our, in, our, in our stomach, what, uh, sorry, in our, in our abdomen, what's happening as our uterus grows is our abdominal muscles, so our six-pack muscles, for those of us who have six-packs, um, we have four layers of abdominal muscles and each one of those layers starts to stretch out to accommodate the baby which by the way, is absolutely supposed to happen. Our bodies are built to be able to stretch and contract, right? Absolutely.
0: And of Um, course, the tissue surrounding those abdominal muscles also... Also gets stretched out, right?
1: So the skin gets stretched out. We also start to, our bodies are really smart. So we start to preferentially start to, um, uh, we start to get um, fat cells are in and around our belly to protect our, our uteruses. So it's one of the times in our, in our lives where, uh, we start to see a reorganization of our, of our fatty tissue and postpartum we're we're often left with that. Um, the thing that most people don't consider is inside your abdominal cavity, we've got like a lot of stuff happening there, (laughs) Very technical terms here. I hope you're following. Yes. You've got your intestines, your stomach, your gallbladder, your spleen, your kidneys, your your diaphragm is your breathing muscle. And that's kind of the top of your, of your abdominal cavity. Yeah. And as your, as your uterus gets bigger, the uterus starts to take up more and more space and starts to sh- grow upwards. And all those other um, organs, organs starts to push up into your diaphragm. So you Actually, that's why it's hard to breathe because you're caring a lot more. But it's also hard to breathe because your organs are pushing up into your diaphragm. And in order to take a breath, your diaphragm, it's sort of upside down U-shaped. and sits at the base of your lungs. And it's kind of uh, like those belly buttons that you – did you ever play with those belly buttons as kids? Or you pop them in and then they pop up? Mm, Yeah, yeah. I I think – I used to get those from my dentist's office. but Maybe I'm alone here. You would – the, the diaphragm, it when you take a breath in, it pushes down into your into your stomach, into your abdominal cavity, and, and allows your lungs to take a big breath and your lungs to expand. And when you breathe out and you exhale, your diaphragm moves back up. That's in normal everyday life. When you're when you're pregnant, you actually lose the ability for your breathing muscles to move up and down. So we cannot take in as, um, as big breaths. Um, all of our organs are. Actually shifted out of position, and they're compressed. Now, the one of the organs that is not shifted up is your bladder. It's shifted down. Yeah, and as many pregnant women will tell you, that's actually that actually gets squished underneath your uterus, and so that's why they make so many trips to the washroom because there's actually less uh, space. space, Yeah, in your in your in your bladder, Um, and then you know, you start to to add to the fact that your breasts start to grow as well. So your whole center of gravity actually shifts during pregnancy, right? Yes. Um, Now we're going to add to that, that you, we have blood volume, our blood volume increases. So we've got more blood pumping through us. Add to that, that we have all these hormonal shifts and there's a lot happening our body is literally a different body during pregnancy
0: yeah and that's 9 months right yeah. 9 months yeah. our body is shifting and adjusting and yeah. it does so beautifully right we were designed yeah. specifically for our body to change
1: in this way 100% and and you know i i for one felt this way and i know a lot of my clients feel this way but at, at, by 9 months you're like when Can I just get past this? Like I'm just ready to go back. Yeah. And I think that that's the number one misconception about pregnancy and postpartum is that uh, pregnancy is a, it's just this isolated time and then it's a blip and then we return to the way we were before. But the reality is we're actually never going to return to the way that we were before. We had, we had a body before. We've got a different body during pregnancy, and then we've got a different body postpartum. That body postpartum is going to shift and change, but it will never be the same. It will always be the same. It it will always be a body that has had a baby. It would always be postpartum. You will never again be a body that has not been pregnant.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a really... um it's 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 a little bit of a it can be a little bit of a challenge to yeah. to accept right because totally. we we want to be whom we were, but it's the same thing as aging right like yeah. we're still the same person, but we are a different person, and we cannot we you know we cannot go back in time and just similarly with with pregnancy it's you know we can't um go back to the body that was pre Pregnancy. Totally. Now, that's not to say that we can't optimize and create this.
1: This. Oh, you be stronger and more resilient and look better. Like it's it, it's different. Doesn't mean worse. It just means different. But I do think that um, this whole concept of being, you know, me, but with a child, that's that's a source of a lot of stress and anxiety both physically and also emotionally. Because a lot of new parents just picture themselves, pre, like they don't realize that they, they psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, they're going to actually have a shift um, to become a parent. They're going to grow into being a parent. It's not going to be, you know, Madeline, here's Madeline pregnant and now she's going to be Madeline and then you'll just have a child. No, Madeline's going to become a, a, like a mother, yeah. Right. And that that's a massive shift too. And I don't think that people are prepared for that that emotional and spiritual shift as well. Um, I think we just picture uh, ourselves in a bikini body with a child. Like that's as my, you know. And I mean that's simplifying it, of course. but yes. It's it's me as a seventeen year old, and I'll just happen to have a child. There's. There, it, it's not just our body that changes. Like there are real deep changes that happen to us as humans when yeah. we become a motherhoods, right? There's uh, th- there's some actually really great, really great papers on um, matrescence. Well, where they say you know adolescence is a period of time in your life where you shift from being a child to an adult, and matrescence is a word that's now being used to describe that transition from being a woman to being a mother. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. So um, I think that that a lot of the, a lot of the physical things that happen postpartum and the changes in our bodies. And I'll, I'll touch upon that in a second, but I, I think a lot of that, um, a lot of the challenges physically um, that come about are because the physical stuff is usually things that we can control, mm. right? So when they're like, oh, if I could just get my body back through diet and exercise, at least that I can control. The other stuff, the learning how to parent, the learning, like, you know, learning how to how, how to feed my child, learning how to understand my child, all that stuff they can't control, but very often in theory are... are like, physically, we can control things, um, and, and that's why it becomes so challenging. Yeah. Um,
0: so I think kind of touching, touching upon, you know, I'm, I'm reflecting back to, you know, the first week postpartum, and, you know, the baby's out, and here I am, a new mom, and like, I, I'm looking down at my tummy, and-, and You look six months pregnant. And I look six months pregnant and it's like, it's like this, like are larger than
1: they've ever been. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I'm looking at this pocket of, I don't know, fat and, and this belly and it's kind of saggy and, and it feels really, really loose. Right. Um, because of course in the first few days, you know, your body hasn't, brought it all you know it's 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 hasn't brought it all back in and so you feel weird first few months i would say well well uh, yeah but and so that's an important thing right so what we want to highlight is like it's gonna take time
1: yeah there's this concept of the fourth trimester which i absolutely love and i i really believe in and and and, um you know they say it takes uh, the babies. Would physically get too large for a mother 's stomach if they stayed in for the length of time they actually need in order to uh, in order to fully grow, so you deliver them in the third trimester, but the fourth trimester the three months after delivery, your baby still needs to be on you, and your body is still producing um, hormones like you 're still pregnant um, and and that that piece of um, uh, we'll call it pregnancy, but you know, the perinatal period is when your body is still really healing um, and recovering. And a, a lot of there, there's this like six week mark that has yes. just been arbitrarily created where after six weeks postpartum, you are good. free to do everything, right? But really, like, uh, well, you know, your body physically, if there's any. Uh, any scars, any, you know, any kind of recovery physically, I mean, we know it takes at least six to eight weeks and could take up to 12 weeks, but then that's that fourth trimester, right? Yes. During that time, you know, for an ankle sprain, I wouldn't have somebody going for a run. Like they need that time for their, their, their body, that tissue to actually recover before we start to rehabilitate it.
0: Right. Yeah. There needs to be, you know, the uterus needs to shrink down the, you know, the abdominal walls got to, you know, begin to retract back. All Those the
1: organs the need organs. to move back. Right. And then they have to relearn how to function in that new place. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, that, that six week mark is almost, it's unfair to women that they think that after six weeks, well, why isn't my stomach bounced back? Why aren't my, you know, why why is my back still hurting why do I still feel so tired why am I leaking? um, yeah like why you know many women like they they're bleeding and they're still bleeding at six at at six weeks um at six weeks everybody's expected to go back to having sex and they're like I've just been like my breasts are leaking if they choose to breastfeed like my breasts are leaking um I, I I'm leaking urine um, I'm still bleeding, um, my you know I haven't eaten, I've barely brushed my teeth, and now I'm supposed to be like rocking it in the bedroom. Um, your hormones are like, it's a roller coaster of hormones at that point as well emotionally
0: Um, it's up and down like this baby you're trying to figure out how to you know take care of it and soothe it and feed it and
1: and I would say it's an existential crisis as well right like who am I who am I in this new role I thought I was this person beforehand I didn't realize that I'm going to be a different person because you are a different person um afterwards And, and it's sort of navigating who that is and what you know Who do you want to be in this new role? If you have time to think about that between, you know, holding your baby, um, nursing, changing poo that's up your back and up your baby's back and all over your clothes and the barf that's all over you. If you have time to conceive of who you are as a human, that's what we're going through. Right. So, and and you know, women are looking around and they're seeing, oh, so and so on Instagram, six weeks, flat abs. I just did this quick diet. I feel amazing. And that's it's not fair, right? Yeah. And it's and it's unrealistic, and it sets yeah. up, up for failure.
0: Yeah, and not just you know, emotionally, right? Not only just physically, but emotionally. Yeah. Um. And you know, in some cases, can be can increase the risks, uh, of other issues developing. Like, I mean, if you're already leaking urine and you're out there running and it's like, you know, you're going through an entire
1: diet, but like that's not supposed no, to no. be that way. Right. Like, you know, it's funny, like a lot of people, you know, a lot of the women that come to see us, cause we're pelvic health physios. So I call us the gynecologist, the physiotherapist, right. We yeah. deal with pelvic health, the pelvic floor. Um, the pelvic floor has five major rules it 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 has a sexual function it has a sphincteric function so meaning uh make sure that you're pooing and peeing when you want to and not when you don't want to right yep. um it helps support all your organs so it keeps your bladder your uterus your rectum inside your vagina and make sure it doesn't come out yep right it has a sump pump function so it helps to pump all the blood back to your heart from your lower extremities, and it's part of our inner core. And our inner core is really, really affected during pregnancy. Yeah. And our inner core is made up of that pelvic floor, those the innermost abdominal muscles, your breathing diaphragm, and your innermost back muscles. And these, this whole system, I don't want to say it's disrupted, but it's disrupted. Yeah. By It's affected by pregnancy and has to be retrained postpartum. Yeah. And the biggest thing about all of these systems is the fact that um, – people think that it's totally normal to live life without these systems functioning well. Oh, you've paid with sex. I just didn't bother. Like I just didn't bother for like until my baby was two. Cause like, yeah, it hurt. Well, guess what? Not normal. Yeah.
0: Totally and, treatable. And that, and that's exactly what I wanted to right? say. You know, these, yeah these common things you know because i hear it all the time well i've been told well you just had a baby so what did you
1: expect you just had a baby what'd you expect of course you're going to be leaking pee you just had a baby nope not totally treatable totally
0: treatable and that's kind of the message that i want to get out to our to our moms and to anybody listening like these things are common right leaking Mm -hmm. urine is common you are going to have a rectus diastasis.
1: You're going to have it, your it. Tummy. you're going to have it because your body accommodated a baby.
0: Yes. Right, it's going to be there. Right? And it's going to be there for a period of time. And are there things we
1: can do about it? Absolutely. You and know, so a rectus diastasis is when you're, you, you have your you your six-pack muscles and there's a three-pack and a three-pack and the tissue between it needs just it stretches in order to accommodate your baby. Yeah. Right? But when it stretches, that, that, it's that tissue that kind of holds in your intestines. So when that tissue between those six packs is kind of loosey-goosey, your, your internal organs are literally hanging and sitting on that tissue. Abdom- yeah. yeah, that abdominal wall and kind of looks like you're still pregnant, right? Uh, not to mention the fact that your uterus is still this, like it's, it shrinks in the first six weeks, but it's still significantly large. Like it's pretty big.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and so we, you know, we, we expect to see certain things like, you know, you may come out of a pregnancy with some prolapse, right? There may be some prolapse depending on how many hours you were pushing size of baby. Like there are things that can happen to the body and the important thing or the important message that we want to share with women is like, there is solutions. There's hope and there's hope and there's optimized hopeless
1: and there's so much hope and they feel so embarrassed and so um like they're they're ashamed of their bodies and and they just feel disempowered by the fact that like why why does everybody else bounce back and I am left with this life altering um experience yeah Yeah.
0: and I was gonna say you know oftentimes women feel alone and Um, We're here to tell you, you are absolutely 100% not alone in your experience postpartum. Like, we know that one in three women leak urine.
1: That's one in three. Yep. Yep. So you're not alone. 100%. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the, uh, when, uh, you know, in chatting with uh, women postpartum, one of the most common themes is this sense of isolation you know we we, there used to be we say like it takes a village to uh to care for a child but we've really lost our village like you know women are home alone trying to do it all or or with their partner you know that's not to like I'm not like uh we're not minimizing the aid of the partner or um you know some some have their moms coming or a family member but at the end of the day Isolation um, is one of the most common themes. I didn't realize I would feel so alone, you know, um, staying at home, being with the baby, just dealing with the needs all the time. Yeah. Um, and, and I think one of the absolute best things that a mom can do is is find a group of, of other moms who are in the same boat as them. And technology right now is pretty amazing. Like, even if you can't get out of your house the first couple of weeks, which I think you really really should lay low the first couple of weeks. Um, You know, you shouldn't be going out for these like massive walks and, you know, trying to uh, train for your marathon the first little while. Um, But, you know, hop on a Zoom call with your friends. Go on FaceTime, Skype. Like, there are ways that we can address isolation, but we need to be calling it out because yeah. most women not only do they feel alone, but they feel alone in their aloneness. Right. Yeah.
0: And you know and, and you know, asking for help I think is it, it it's like, you know, we, we talk about the super mom thing. there is no super mom. No, there's just moms. There's <laughs> just moms, right? And
1: mom. um sometimes moms need help. Um, I would say a lot of times moms need help. Yeah. I think we all need help, right? Um, the uh, It's funny. I, I run a clinic and I have four kids. and People are like, how do you do it? And I was like, well, here's how I do it. I got a call yesterday from my kid's camp that I forgot to take out my son's wet bathing suit and towels. And he went to camp with wet bathing suit and towels. <laughs> like, Balls get dropped, and that is okay. This expectation of perfection and doing it all well, and you know, give, being on top of our children at every moment, and giving them the perfect meals and the perfect, uh, perfect outfits, and you know, crafting these perfect experiences. We're setting ourselves up for failure. We're not going to have the perfect body, the perfect house, um, and the perfect child, usually. Those things have to you know, there's gonna there needs to be some give and take there, right?
0: And it's gonna take time to get into yes. your groove and figure yeah. things out and and I think it's just important to say like give yourself the space and the time yeah. to be confused and and then reach out to the support network for yeah. support to talk it through.
1: Right. And I think that's um, you know, We see people, we see a lot of women for rectus diastasis, for mummy tummy, um, in addition to the other pelvic health stuff that we talked about, incontinence and prolapse and painful sex. So, uh, You know, women think that mummy tummy is just, it's as simple as I need to rehab my abs. Your abs need rehabbing, for sure, right? They definitely do. Yeah. But the reality is um, that, it really, like, in the first, those first 12 weeks, like, your body really just needs rest. Yes. Then it needs gentle rehab. And quite honestly, your hormones are so in flux for the first 18 months that you really need to give yourself time um, and be respectful of what your body's going through. Um, if you're breastfeeding, very often your body does hold on to, like, five to ten pounds because your body wants to have resources. Yes. If was ever needed, in order to feed your child, right? Um, but a big, big piece of it is, during the early postpartum, and I would just say in the year postpartum, there there are so many things going on um, that actually affect your 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 health, your whole your well being in general, um, and your body. If um, if you're not sleeping. If you're not socializing, if your diet and nutrition aren't great, if you're not exercising generally, if you're, if you're stressed out, those are the five pillars of health, okay? And those five pillars of health, sleep, social life, diet and exercise, um, and, and stress levels. If we're not managing all of those five, your, your brain isn't going to prioritize dealing with the mommy tummy. It's going to be like, get me some sleep yeah help me with stress management um, and coping please help me create meaningful social relationships all of those things need to be in place before our tissue is going to be ready and available to recover
0: in, in the way that we are hoping for it to do and I and I
1: remember in a meaningful way yeah
0: and I remember listening to um Sinead DeFore, right? She's doing a lot of research in rectus diastasis. And I was also listening to other presentations from the, what is it? The healing birth summit talking about diastasis that like, if you don't have good nutrition and like good nutrients for the cells to yeah. properly lay down, you know, collagen, last, like yes. to, to, to rehab the connective tissue that's holding your abdominal wall like if it doesn't have nutrients if it doesn't have water because you know if you're chron- chronically you know dehydrated, dehydrated. Our, our tissues are made up mostly of water we cannot expect our tissues to be optimized if we ourselves in the in, in what you're saying the five pillars of health is not set in place so
1: all of these are going to take time gonna take adjustment. Stress creates cortisol, which which just a you know, which affects has a, has a chemical response and reaction in our cells, right? Um, we're we're not in a rest and rehab state where we can be rebuilding when we have chronic cortisol and adrenal fatigue.
0: It's just right. not happening. So we need, you know, we need to have we need to look at stress management for sure because the other thing is is we know that cortisol um, makes our immune system basically not function properly, right? Like when people go get a kidney transplant or an organ transplant of any kind, you know what they're given? They're given cortisol. Why? Because it's the most effective hormone to shut your immune system down. Right. Like you can't expect to be able to, you know, do your exercise program and do your core exercise. If you a don't have the energy and 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 B, like you're sick. Yep. 10%. hundred percent. And you're taking care of a baby yeah. and you're, you know, so there's, there's a lot of different compounding factors. Yeah. And I remember Sinead saying that with respect to diastasis, like it can take up to 18 months, right? 12 yeah.
1: months. Post- and I see that clinically as well. Like when people come in, they're like, how long is it going to take? I'm like, you need to give yourself six to 18 months. Like you really do a, a proper rehab and that's a reasonable amount of time. And that's not excessive time. That's just how long it takes. Yeah. But don't like our bodies went through nine months of pregnancy and then
0: they almost it, need then, double the
1: time to recover. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think we, I think as new moms and as moms, we just spend the whole time telling ourselves, I'm doing it wrong. So-and-so, you know, looks like they've got it covered. What am I doing wrong? What am I doing it wrong? What am I doing wrong? And and if we just, uh, you know, this is like one of the hardest things to do, but if we just cut ourselves some slack, I reached out for help, found a good friend who we could connect with and get, and get out of the house a little bit um, and not worry about going to boot camp.
0: Yeah. And, of course, you know, seeing – Healthcare providers to... Can, oh yeah, oh yeah. Right, like, <laughs> you know, go see a pelvic floor physio. Like, let us assess the core. Let us take a look at your abdominal wall. Let's, let us take a look at, you know, your diaphragm, your pelvic floor, yeah. your low back. Let's just see where you're at so that we can start to give you some really gentle and simple exercises that are safe for you to do in the postpartum. I mean, it's not gonna feel like that boot camp workout you know, when you come to see us for the first couple months, but we will give you gentle things for you to be able to activate the musculature in a gentle way to begin to activate it, to, be, to begin the rehab process. But, you know, the rehab process is building blocks. We can't just, you know, throw the kitchen sink at you and give you all these hardcore, you know, ab exercise, you know, like it, we need to make sure is your abdominal, can you activate your abdominal wall even just slightly. Can you activate your pelvic floor even just slightly? Can you turn on your low back muscle? Like, we, Can you even take a deep breath? And what does that look like? Yep. So we start with the the foundational muscles. Then we start coordinating them so that they're all kind of starting to talk to each other. And once those gears of the watch are moving coherently, you know, then we slowly start to progressively load those tissues in a way that is not going to, you know, make you leak more or make you feel like something's going to fall out of your vagina or, you know, um, yep. you know, tenting and doming throughout your abdominal wall. Like We want to make sure that, you know,
1: you, you got the building blocks set up in a way that you're going to be successful. Exactly. Right? You're going to get back to boot camp in the fastest way and the safest way. Right. But if, and I always say that, like, the fastest way to heal is to do it slowly. Well, right. You don't yeah. want to go running on a sprained ankle because then you'll be out for the year instead of just being out for eight weeks. Right. Exactly. Um,
0: And you don't want, you know, you just, you don't want to have these issues then coming up later on in your life because, you know, we we as women will go through a second kind of major phase in our life during menopause where our tissues are once again, our bodies are going to be challenged once again, there's going to be major changes. And so we can be protective,
1: proactive about it,
0: proactive about maintaining our core, maintaining our pelvic floor, maintaining our health, you know we're so reactive in healthcare these days and we're, we're really not thinking about the proactive, you know, part of it. And I think having a proper rehab process postpartum is the best way to be, to optimize your success throughout life. And if you want to have baby two, baby three, baby four, right. Again, your body's going to be once again, put to the test yeah why wouldn't you want to be as strong as you can be possibly in in that time period to prepare for the next one right so you're kind of gaining momentum <clears throat> and not kind of like taking one step forward and seven steps back exactly. every time
1: you're getting exactly. pregnant right exactly yeah i think that the um uh, i would say uh through my third pregnancy i was kind of like i did tell the hell but you know some stuff a couple times, but I wasn't really on top of it. Um, I rehabbed after my third, but during my fourth pregnancy, like from 12 weeks pregnant, I was doing my physio. And this has been the best, uh, this has been the best recovery with my fourth. And yeah. The fourth is the hardest. Like, you know, it gets harder every, after each baby.
0: And it's interesting. And I'm so glad you actually brought this up because- I'll see women postpartum and one of the most common things they tell me is like, I wish, I wish I had known about you sooner. I wish I had known about pelvic floor. I wish I had known I wasn't doing my Kegels correctly. I, I, you know, why didn't anybody tell me? Why didn't anybody tell me? And so once I had heard this over and over, I was like, okay, there's a problem here. We're not starting soon enough. Uh, and then I thought to myself, okay, well, when can we start? And I was like, okay, preconception. I'm like, that's going to be a tough one. People aren't really thinking about their pelvic floor. Everything generally seems to be working well down there. Um, so, you know, pregnancy is actually a great ideal time to start physiotherapy, pelvic floor physiotherapy, because we can identify, are there already some
1: issues happening and like and rebalancing your muscles, like making sure your muscles are strong enough to hold, to um, hold up that new load. That's going to be g- progressively um, getting heavier and heavier during pregnancy um, is really, really important as well. And, and, making and sure you can connect to those abdominals.
0: Yeah. And, th- and I feel like the, the great part, you know, uh, because during my pregnancy, I was, you know, doing practicing my pelvic floor exercise to really connect with those muscles down there that like, because I had only had, you know, a grade one tear, um, you know, I felt well enough to start kind of feeling for those muscles, like a few days postpartum. And I mean, I wasn't going gung-ho. I wasn't, you know, hundred percent activating my pelvic floor, but I was sort of, you know, 20, 30% starting to feel like, are these muscles coming online? Because I had already known what they
1: should feel like. Right. You are aware of them and most people are not aware of the muscles. Right. And so, you know, which is why them, um, by yeah. the way, when you're pushing, when you deliver vaginally, they cue you to push out, push like you're pushing out poo yeah. because that's the only, um, conscious awareness that most women have of their pelvic floor Right, is how to push out poo when you, they have no idea how to push vaginally.
0: Right. Yeah. One of my and favorite so- things to teach. Well, that's just it. You know, teaching how to relax the pelvic floor. Like yeah. a reverse Kegel, I, you know, I honestly find that is probably the most challenging concept.
1: Um, yeah, people glaze over, right? Okay, yeah. do a Kegel, now relax. They're so like,
0: what do, what do you mean, relax? How do, yeah. I, how do I do? Yeah. I am relaxed, and I'm like, hmm not i'm relaxed can you tell i'm relaxed <laughs> <laughs> exactly um and and so learning how to do and and speaking on those terms like when we think about a proper kegel we're we're talking like a jellyfish locomotion right Where where you're kind of releasing a little bit to then contract and it's kind of like this flow um and range of motion of the pelvic floor that like we don't really do that at any point in time. Like, we don't sit there consciously being like, am I relaxing and then squeezing? Do I
1: have full range of motion? We're just not thinking about that. So being can like, get it in other muscles. Like, we get it with our bicep, right? If I did a bicep curl, to do another bicep curl, I have to relax my bicep. But the only thing they've ever thought about in relation to their pelvic floor is Kegel. Right. No one's ever said, no, I'm Kegel.
0: Yeah. Exactly. And so I think, you know, the benefit of learning that in pregnancy is, you know, when it comes time for pushing, you already have a built in concept of what it means to relax yes. and um, be able to direct your breath toward the pelvic floor. Um, and then, of course, postpartum, you know, you, when you feel well enough, you can begin to slowly activate those muscles and. and or release them, depending on what you need. Well, exactly. Right. And, and so you sort of don't lose that, you know, that uh, six week time because generally we as pelvic physios will wait for a certain amount of healing to take place. Like if, you, if you've had a tear or an episiotomy, you know, we have to wait till that wound closes before we can assess you internally right um and so you're not really losing that time because you're you already know how to begin to activate and so you're able to
1: gently flow pump blood for the area right by activating releasing that actually draws the blood to the area to help with that healing
0: exactly and and to help with the swelling yeah right it's it's part of the there will be swelling there (laughs) will be swelling it's just a fact, and, um, and it's uncomfortable too. So remember, Hannah was saying, one of the functions is for the pelvic floor to be a pump. So using those muscles can certainly help, you know, not only bring new, oxi- you know, new nutrients and oxygen and blood flow in, but also get stuff out. Right. Love it. Love it. I think this has been, well, I mean, I feel like it a good discussion, um, you know, because it's, I love it. People just don't know. And I, and I right. feel like we, you know, more people are learning about it, but there's still so many women that don't know. And I'm like, okay, we need to get this message out. We need to get yeah. this message out. And, and I'm finding any and every single platform I can possibly find to get this message out. You're not alone. You don't have to just deal with it. You don't have to live with it. You don't have to rush it. And, you know, there are solutions if you're experiencing something that you don't want to be experiencing.
1: Yeah. And you're not a failure if you're experiencing this and you're not yeah. a failure at, at motherhood. Uh, if, quite honestly, if you know, a, a lot of women will come in and they'll say like, I, you know, no, I'm supposed to take care of my pelvic floor at six weeks. Um, and they're like run ragged. Like they are not sleeping. They're not. And I'm like, just because you can take care of it at six weeks doesn't mean you have to right it's important to take part to take care of your whole self and the pelvic floor is a piece of that
0: absolutely i think that's a fantastic you know message um so before we close off the podcast uh you know women may be interested in wanting to follow you i mean obviously they'll know how to follow me follow me on my podcast and you know um my my website which I'll have all that info there. But if they want to follow you, Mm -hmm. where
1: where can people find you? Sure. We are on Instagram at Vital Physiotherapy and Wellness. Uh, We're on Facebook, Vital Physiotherapy and Wellness Toronto. Um, Or you can uh, connect with us on our website, uh, vitalphysiotherapy.com. And to our listeners,
0: I will just say that uh, I will get those links to social media and website i will put them on the show notes which will be in the episode description um you can also find the links in the episode description on our podcast hosting page which is ecophysio.com forward slash videos or if you go to our website and click on the podcast tab all of our podcasts are listed there and every episode has its own description so I guess my ask for anybody who's listening to this is please share this episode with anybody you know who may be pregnant. Um maybe you know your friends who've recently had a baby. You know, share this podcast with them because you don't know what they might be going through and this may be the message that they need to hear. Um and the more people that we can get sharing this message, the more moms that you know Hanna and I can help um and support support, right? Um, So we would really, really appreciate um, you helping us spread the word. Uh, So Hannah, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to um, join me in this discussion. And I hope to have future discussions with you on other topics.
1: Can't wait. Thank you. Thank you so much.